This is the Impact Report. I'm your host, Katie Ullman. The Impact Report brings together students and faculty in Bard College's MBA in Sustainability program with leaders in business, sustainability, finance, social entrepreneurship, and more. These conversations go live the first and third Friday of each month. This week, Bard MBA alum Amy Campbell Bogey speaks with Crystal Dreisbach, Executive Director and Founder of Don't Waste Durham. So Crystal, you have described yourself as a solutionary entrepreneur in the past. Can you talk a little bit about your background and what led you to start Don't Waste Durham? I spent many years as a public health researcher, and it was approximately 2011, I decided to start writing to all my favorite local restaurants to talk to them about styrofoam. It's something that's always kind of bothered me, styrofoam and other disposable plastics, especially styrofoam, can be really bad for people's health and the environment and our economy. And so I thought maybe some of them could change their mind if they knew some of these facts. So I put together a little fact sheet and wrote them a heartfelt letter and um, told them that I would be even more proud to eat at their restaurant if they switched to a more sustainable option. And I probably wrote about 200 of those letters and one restaurant wrote back and I was so excited. Um, They said that they had been considering switching to a compostable box, but it was really my letter that pushed them to make the decision and do it. And so my heart was of course filled with joy And I thought, there are so many things we could be doing to get rid of styrofoam and single-use disposables. And after starting Don't Waste Durham and getting the reuse community together and the waste reduction community together over and over, one of the things that came out of it is that a reusable takeout container service, like the one I've been dreaming of, could really happen. And Durham is kind of a great place to start something like that. It's a foodie town and very progressive and celebrates innovation. And so we thought, what the heck, let's give it a shot. So we did a Kickstarter. And of course, Kickstarters are really a nice tool because if you have a great, if you have an idea you think is great and other people think it's great, they can donate money and you can get started. If they don't think it's great, you won't be able to, you know, raise the money. So what happened through that was all of the donations came in. People were really excited and it validated really the community enthusiasm for something like this. And the reason I consider myself a solutionary is that I see a problem and I look in the community and I make sure that we are, we're not duplicating efforts or reinventing the wheel, that we're really filling a niche need that we've assessed and that uh, people are really enthusiastic about and that we get some community traction for. And I love it. 
So you mentioned green to go, which is the reusable takeout container program that you've started. Um, and Durham being a foodie town certainly plays into that. What else has contributed to the success of green to go locally? I think it comes down to relationships. This is a town in which you, if you put in some effort, you can make a lot of impact. People are very collegial and collaborative here. You can go and meet someone and talk about your idea and they're immediately um, supportive and helpful and want to connect you to others. And so I really think it's the relationships we've built and a lot of strategic partnerships. We couldn't have done this, for example, without a very um, open-minded and helpful Durham County Health Department with our WASH facility partner, everybody that makes it possible, all the stakeholders that make it possible, um, getting their buy-in, help, really helps something be adopted and accepted in this community. I think it's one of the things that, one of the many things that makes Durham special. I agree. Um, and what has the reaction been both here and nationally? Are you seeing good adoption and are others wanting to pick up this model? We really are. We have at the moment 550 users in Durham checking out and returning containers. And the feedback we've gotten, the positive feedback that we've gotten is that this is something that's been needed for a long time. They can't believe we've made it work. They've always wished for something like this. And they're actually really helpful in helping us you know, learn and refine all the time. So we have amazing focus group volunteers and volunteers from all over the community who want to help us make it better. We actually designed our operations as a community. We called together, as soon as we won the Kickstarter money, we called together everyone who wanted, who was interested to come together and help us design the program. So we have a we have a lot of ownership. Um, the community has a lot of ownership in this program. Mm -hmm. And in terms of nationwide, we of course recently attracted national attention through PBS NewsHour. And when it aired in late August, we probably received about 220 email messages in the first two hours wow. from all over the world. A lot of just general kudos, but a whole bunch of people who said, this is something we've thought about for a long time. Can you teach us how to do it? Can you expand to our city? And some of them even have money ready to go. They said, just teach us how you've done it. And so we're really excited. One of the new things that we're going to do is we're putting together a webinar series and a toolkit, and we're actually going to teach the world how to do it. So we've kept in touch with all these people who have reached out to us and we're going to open source our knowledge. It's kind of a knowledge transfer to help proliferate reuse systems everywhere. Wow, that's awesome. And the last time I talked to you at a Sustainable Spirits event a few months ago, you were talking about potentially spinning off green to go as a separate entity from Don't Waste Durham. Is that still in the works? Yes. So we've we've shifted that slightly. We'd like Green to Go operations in Durham to remain under the nonprofit. 
The reason being is that it's really an important demonstration project and serves the mission of Don't Waste Durham really well, which of course is to reduce trash through prevention. And what we've learned from our 15 months in operation are that we have three main pain points. And we just completed a 12-week technology accelerator program this past summer, mm -hmm. which helped us develop a new technology, which we believe will solve all three pain points. And so we're designing and prototyping that new technology now. And the new company that we form, the for-profit company, will be our tech company, where we create the hardware and the software that will make a program like Green2Go even more accessible, even more scalable, even more acceptable to the mainstream. Because one of the things that, that I like to stress is that our main competitor is disposables. They're so easy and perceived as very cheap. And if we want to compete with disposables, we have to make reusables as easy as throwaway. And the way we can do that is through the technology that we're developing. And soon the for-profit company will be incorporated and will hopefully after our beta test, which is coming early next year, our beta test of our new tech-enabled system will be able to attract the investment that we need to test it further and then go for manufacturing. That sounds awesome. Very exciting. Um, so this new technology is something that might help others in other places start up? We think so. Yeah, we'll, through our webinar series, we'll teach them how to do what we call green to go 1.0, which is what we're doing in Durham. Mm -hmm. That's really what people are chomping at the bit to start right away. And then as we develop the new technology, we can share that as well. And for those out there listening who might be interested in learning how to start something like this, where can they go to find that content? They can contact me at crystal at durhamgreentogo.com. We'll soon have a website for the content. Uh, we don't yet, but probably when this airs, we'll have it already. So contact me and I'll put you on the list and send you the send them the website where they can access all this information. It'll also include a way, a forum, where other communities who want to start this can share their lessons learned and their best practices trying to start this in their own community so that they can also learn from one another. Great, so it sounds like peer support is a really important part um, as it sounds like it has been here in Durham for you. It has. Because every community is different, we can definitely teach them how we do it in Durham, but they may want to adapt it for their own community and do things a little differently. So, of course, we want to encourage that. And if, um, you know, Dallas is doing it in a special way, Des Moines might want to hear about that. So um, the, with the forum, we believe, will help them connect and share. Awesome. Um... And this is not all that Don't Waste Durham does by any means. So can you talk a little bit about some of the other initiatives that you guys have going on? Yes, I I think this is part of where my solutionary um, idealism comes in. 
we've, we were founded about five years ago, don't we, Sturum? And we started out just being sort of a coordinating body for all the waste reduction efforts going on in the triangle. And once we started bringing people together, I always tell people that's really my main skill is getting people to come to a big meeting and rallying the troops and getting everybody excited. And if we all talk to one another, we can find the gaps in what's needed and we can start something together, pooling our resources. I mean, we're all busy people and we all have full-time jobs elsewhere, but we can all contribute something to make things happen. So some of the other programs we have in the community are the lunchroom composting in public schools in Durham. Actually, I should say Durham schools because some private schools are interested as well. And basically right now, Durham public schools in their lunchrooms, everyone puts everything in the trash. There's not even recycling in most of the lunchrooms. So when we help the schools get the PTA and principal buy-in, and then we get the custodial staff and the cafeteria crew trained and um, also bought into this. And then we have parent volunteers and community volunteers and teachers helping to monitor what we call a waste station, which helps the kids dump their milk in liquid bucket, recycle their container, then scrape their food into the compost, throw away their wrappers in the trash, and then they, after about a period of four to six months, it really runs on its own. As kids are really bright and pick up things faster than adults. And the schools that we're working in are diverting 800 pounds from the landfill per week. Wow. So it's really, um, it just brings tears to our eyes. We're so happy about it. Um, then we also have our sustainable food truck certification program where we have 18 requirements that we help the food trucks meet in order to be certified. And we give them a really nice big sticker and lots of publicity and they get priority event um, gigs. So lots of event organizers contact me and say, Crystal, what are the sustainable food trucks? We want to prioritize them. We want to highlight them. And so our, our very few, we only have six at the moment, um, certified trucks are very happy because <laughs> they're getting a lot of gigs. And we hope to increase that because there are over 250 food trucks in the Triangle area. Um, we also work on local and state policy advocacy. We have a program called Rescue Food Feed People, which I think is doing something really innovative that as far as I can tell, has never been done before. And we're just piloting it to see if it could work in Durham and then we'll publish our results and teach others how to do it. That's basically a way to rescue potentially wasted food and actually get it to people, to the organizations who feed hungry people. And we're doing it through technology. And we've got Refill Durham, which is a program to help reduce the need for people in at events to buy bottled water and um, the duke engineering school is designing and building one of the contraptions i invented right now and they'll be done in a couple months i'm really excited about that and it should be a way to bring water to the people in a carbon neutral way 
and everyone can refill their reusable containers wherever they are at a parade or a festival or a market or a protest. Oh. Uh, things like that. Cool. Um, I just met someone, Cecilia from So Good Papooses, I think is yes. certified through your sustainable food truck program and she was very excited about it. Can you talk a little bit about why food trucks made sense as an intervention point? Yes. I used to be a what's called a waste warrior at the Durham Central Park food truck rodeos. Basically, you sign up as a volunteer and you get a t-shirt and a vest and some gloves and a garbage picker. And you're basically on the front lines of waste diversion. You stay at the waste stations and you help people figure out what's recyclable, what goes in the trash, what's compostable. So everything's really nicely sorted and the bins are not, not contaminated with the wrong things. And it's also sort of an educational thing. But what we figured out was that some of, you know, if we take one step back and go to the source, which is the food trucks themselves, we thought, here's some work we could do there. Raising awareness among the food trucks, helping them switch to sustainable alternatives, sort of facilitating change by helping them that this could really take off. And there was a graduate student at Duke who did a feasibility study about a sustainable food truck certification program. And she did a lot of customer and food truck interviews. And the conclusion was that it was very desirable. So we went ahead and designed the program and started it and immediately had lots of trucks interested. And one thing we've learned by doing the sustainable food truck certification program is that we can take an even bigger step back in the source reduction and help event organizers learn how to do waste stations and how to have agreements in place with their food trucks so that they can avoid things like plastic straws and styrofoam and sort of the, um, the biggest offenders. So that's that's something we're also starting to work on. And Durham does not have any sort of municipally run compost program. So I assume you're working with private contractors, both in schools and with the food truck program. Is that correct? Yes, very good. So at the moment, there's no municipal compost program. And so we do work with Food Forward, which is now part of Compost Now, and also Brooks Composting does direct pickup. And there are private companies that do charge money. So one of the things we've done with the lunchroom composting in schools is we don't want cost to be a barrier. It costs about $1,800 a year for the compost service for one school. And that may not sound like a ton, but for a PTA, that's, you know, 100 bales. So we started pairing each school with a local business partner who could be their composting sponsor in exchange for lots of warm, fuzzy community feelings and a partnership with the school. And that has worked um, so far pretty well. That way, um, you know, school doesn't have to be worried about the cost. The other thing that's really exciting is that Durham is set to be the very first 
city in all of North Carolina that will have a municipal composting program. So it's in the works now, it's being designed there in the next six months or so, they plan to roll out a pilot using 100 households. And then when that goes well and they learn from the process, they'll roll it out to the city of Durham. And hopefully we'll just be using our existing yard waste bins. So we won't even need too much of an infrastructure change. Then people can roll that to the curb once a week and have it picked up. Exciting. No, Something I to can't wait. Um, yes, I'm a big waste nerd. So I'm the type of person who reads landfill journals and can't wait for composting and stuff like that. <laughs> so it sounds like you've had a lot of partners in all of these programs. Can you talk a little bit about the process that it took to start up Don't Waste Durham and what advice you might have for others who want to start this sort of grassroots initiative in their city? Yes, I got some advice from a dear mentor of mine who's Ann Woodward of the Scrap Exchange. And she mentioned that there are a lot of recycling associations, but so far, not a lot of reuse um, groups, reuse networks. And she thought that was something that could be really um, work well with what I was trying to do. And it was also validated when I came away from an environmental affairs board meeting from the city county. When we tried to ban styrofoam locally, but we weren't able to, I thought, no, I'm not going to give up. There are so many other ways to tackle the issue of waste through grassroots efforts and awareness raising. And I was really excited. And what began as a subcommittee of the Environmental Affairs Board became Don't Waste Durham. And the reason we were even able to start it was because at that very meeting, people in the audience raised their hand and said, I would join that. And so those were the founding members of Don't Waste Durham were the people right there in that meeting. So I would say, advice for other people wanting to start similar efforts. I would say, go to all the meetings you can that have anything to do with waste reduction and see what's already going on and see what needs are still to be met. And if there's something already happening, join the existing efforts and make them even stronger. But if, there's, if there are gaps, I think, my advice would be be a solutionary and create what's missing and the people will come and the needs will be met. Awesome. Well, this has been incredibly inspiring. Um, anything that you want to share about what's next for you or for Don't Waste Durham? Oh, I'd love to share that one of the things we're doing right now is becoming a client of the Duke University Center for Environmental Law and Policy, and they're helping us put together something I've long dreamed about, which is a voluntary ban on some of the pollutants that we can reduce in Durham. And it's going to be a long process because there are a lot of advocacy efforts that we need to complete so that we're not alienating people and causing hardships to small businesses but we're at least getting the process started and this is something we've learned from things that have been done well in other communities in the united states and we can 
model ourselves after them. It's also something that's never been done in North Carolina. So we're really excited and um, it's a long process, but I think it'll be really worth it. And that's something we wanna roll out in the city of Durham as kind of a model for the state. And we can create a packet to share with other communities that might wanna try it. And that will be sort of one of the small barriers to knock down. I think of it, I think of all the things that get in our way to progress as like little dominoes. And if we can knock down as many of those little dominoes as possible, we can get there. And one of the things underway is a statewide ban on styrofoam. And I think that's going to take a long time and a lot of advocacy work. But one of the things we can do to help us get there is to do these voluntary bans in cities across North Carolina so that when the comes time for a statewide ban, people will say, oh yeah, we already know about that. That's old news. And then it'll just be a lot easier to accept and adopt. Mm -hmm. But the policy work makes me excited. That way, we're really doing things on three levels. We're raising consumer awareness. We're helping businesses switch to more sustainable practices. And we're working on the policy. So I think of it as sort of um, creating solutions at all three levels. And I think it's incredibly important that you guys are piloting some of these solutions locally, because for those in other parts of the country, they may not be aware that North Carolina state government right now is not particularly friendly to policies like this. Right, exactly. Um, so showing that it can work really lays the groundwork for future action. At a larger level. And what better place to model something innovative than Durham? Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, I think that's all my questions for you today. I know that I, for one, will be following and excited to see where it goes. And hopefully others around the country will be inspired by this and look you up and see how they can start things like this in their communities. That's wonderful. And I encourage everyone, if they're interested in following our progress, can go to our website don'twasteDurham.org and sign up for our newsletter and then you'll get all the updates Great. thank you so much crystal oh thank you very much katie thank you amy for our complete lineup and other news visit us at impactreportpodcast.com and follow us on instagram twitter and facebook BARD MBA in Sustainability is one of a select few graduate programs globally that fully integrates sustainability into a core business curriculum. Learn more at bard.edu slash MBA.